Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. And if the court does uphold this, what are your options? Well, the first one is to continue to aggressively litigate it. Remember, there is another case out of Washington Washington State State. that applies to 17 states, including my state, that it's also going to work its way up to the court. So they're ultimately going to make the decision. So this is about the stay during that time. So aggressive litigation. The second thing is realizing where the voters of this country are. The 70 to 80 percent are with us. The Republican Party, however, is not backing down. It is doubling down, putting in six-week abortion bans in uh, in Florida. What you've seen with criminalizing women, trying to criminalize doctors. This is an outrageous position for them to take. So ultimately, yes, this will get resolved state by state, but it's going to get resolved at the ballot box in the 2024 election. So this will be a central issue in 2024. Yes, it will. There's no doubt that this is going to be a 2024 election issue. We learned this in 2022. Did no one learn their lesson? But the idea that the Republican Party is criminalizing women is pathetic and embarrassing, and she should be called pathetic and embarrassing by Republicans. That was Senator Amy Klobuchar speaking with Jonathan Carl on ABC's This Week. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. Women who are Republicans, and there are many, favor outlawing abortion. They don't feel like they're criminalizing themselves. Amy Klobuchar does not speak for women, and she sounds like a fool when she says that. Now, if there aren't going to be women who say this out loud, then this lie from people like Klobuchar is going to be allowed to permeate. But the way this has to be handled is someone has to walk up to Amy Klobuchar, make sure she doesn't have a stapler in hand, nose to nose and say, you're wrong. You don't speak for women. You don't know what women want. Why are you in favor of murder? Just like that. Boom, boom, boom. America doesn't understand and doesn't accept a six-week ban on abortion like they've done in Florida. They don't. And there is a lot to what Governor Ron DeSantis has signed here. There is a lot to what he has done with this ban that was put forth by the Florida legislature and signed by him into law. Now, he has the luxury right now of getting a bit of backup because maybe you haven't heard Senator Tim Scott, who has thrown his hat into the potential election ring, talking about this exact issue. Well, I would just say the the truth is that when we have a culture of life, I support the culture of life, number one. Number two, I'm proudly 100% pro-life. I am so thankful that I had an opportunity to vote for the three Supreme Court justices that overturned Roe v. Wade. I celebrate that. So I, every time a state, of course, adopts a decision, states have the ability to have the most conservative uh, bills that they can get passed in their legislature, I support the culture of life, without question. But is six weeks the right mile marker? Well, the people have decided that their elected leaders have the opportunity to do so, so I, I say absolutely. As the, as the culture of life is being protected, we should celebrate that. States will have different varying views on that, but yes, if I were President of the United States, I would literally sign the most conservative pro-life legislation that they can get through Congress. Even if- I mean, that's as direct as it is. And it proves a point that we've been making here 
for months, ever since the Dobbs decision and the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Does the pro-life side not understand that the... No, sorry, switch that, reverse it. Does the pro-choice side not understand that the pro-life side is serious about being pro-life? They're serious about this. This is who they are. This is what they believe. They are willing to go to the mattresses for it. There's nothing they're not willing to do. They believe in life, and if they can get rid of abortion, they will. It's not where Americans are. Americans do not want it willy-nilly, but Americans want it. And they're more in that 12 to 15-week time frame, and they're going to consider six weeks to be rather aggressive and abusive as a timeline, just so we understand how this is going to work politically. But the other conversation about how this is going to work politically is the idea that abortion is indeed an issue. And abortion is going to be an issue. And abortion, you're going to be told it's criminalizing women and it's an attack on women and they want your nine-year-old to carry a baby. And the only way this gets blunted is when women walk up to people like Senator Klobuchar and say, I'm a woman, I'm pro-life, you don't speak for women, women aren't being criminalized, and oh, by the way, why do you favor murder? Now, that has to happen from people on the street, but it has to happen from members of Congress and members of the Senate, right up to them while they're doing television interviews. They have to be interrupted. Why are you lying about the conservative position? And why are you okay with murder? It's not criminalizing women. Millions of Republican women don't want to have abortion willy-nilly like you do. You'll, You'll have abortion. You're a believer in infanticide. Go the other way with it. Go opposite with it. Why are you okay with murder? Why do you hate children? I mean, that's the only way this can get done and handled uh, properly. But I will say again, I will say again, as as this becomes, and especially this drug mifeprestone, and this is going to the Supreme Court, we all know that, uh, I believe that the states should decide these things. I don't want to see federal laws. Big mistake. Let states make decisions. And for the same way that the pro-life side, the left doesn't understand the pro-life side, the pro-life side wasn't prepared. You won. You got rid of Roe. You didn't know what fight was on next? Gosh. Now you do. Better start figuring out a way to handle that. Keep it right here, guys. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Eli Lilly is growing. Boone County is going to get a lot of love. Now, not everybody in Boone County is happy. I get emails. How dare you celebrate this, Tony? Like, I I get yelled at over this one. Is it really so bad? What's the story? Tony Katz, good to be with you. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. Uh, You've got the story. Uh, This is the leap a district that's going on where Lily is putting a little over $2 billion. What's the latest? Well, today's a groundbreaking. So today's a milestone, Tony, and you hit it on the head. Uh, Lebanon, Boone County, that whole area up there 
uh, is already uh, exploding, but it is really setting itself up for some explosive growth. Lilly announced uh, a few months back $2.1 billion investment, 500 jobs, two manufacturing plants in this LEAP Innovation District, which is part of a strategy by the Indiana Economic Development Corporation. They've identified some sites, this being the first uh, and most prominent, uh, where they're buying up property. And uh, the whole intent is to create a, quote-unquote, district that can attract companies, can attract investment and jobs, like-minded, innovation-based companies. And then there's a broader picture, too, Tony, of this I-65 corridor between Purdue University and downtown Indianapolis, which really is beginning, I think, uh, to get legs. Now, the the whole plan here with Lilly, which is so interesting because this came after an announcement of a major investment they're making in North Carolina. Was yep. this all because the state gave them the opportunity, gave them the land? How I don't know how that process worked. They gave them the land or gave them the, the tax abatements, whatever the, the, the case may be, the particular wording there. But was this something that was, well, look, if we're going to do this in North Carolina, we have to give Indiana uh, something? Or was this always on the uh, in, in the planning, I should say? You know, I think and it's a great question uh, because I think over time, uh, certainly years ago, folks would just assume every big manufacturer or every big investment that Lilly would make would happen in Indiana. It's its home state. But that's, uh, as you know, that's that's not the case. It's a global company doing business, looking for that best business deal. You mentioned Research Triangle Park in North Carolina, big investment there by Lilly, uh, as well as a plant in Ireland. They're investing in lots of different places. Indiana uh, certainly would love, they'd love, Lily would love to put that investment here if the business makes sense. I think you could make the argument that this Leap Innovation District and the incentives, which I have not seen, uh, at least at, at this point, um, would make it attractive for them to uh, to invest here uh, in the state of Indiana. But again, no guarantees. And I think one of the big things that's going to be uh, an issue or at issue uh, are, uh, is available workforce and trained workforce and connecting with, with universities and colleges to get the, uh, the trained people that they're going to need and others are going to need in that district. Talking to Gary Dick inside IndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. Let me put you a touch on the spot uh, okay. and, and right. share with you. And Yeah, that's right. This is how we work it, Gary Dick. <laughs> um, I have had people say to me that they're not happy with what's happening in Boone County, what's happening sure. with this this development. And while I won't read you the totality of uh, the the email, um, they uh, uh, I'm glad you like Lily um, uh, going uh, here uh, because the people who call this home. And this is how it's written. Sure as hell don't want those bastards here, unquote. Now, yeah. that could be just be an extreme way of having a conversation. How, do you know of any opposition to Lily uh, going here? Is Are there business owners saying, wait a second, we don't get this deal? Are there landowners saying, wait a second, you took our, our, our land? I like growth. There's a question about growth at the expense of others. Yeah, and a fair question, uh, without question, and whether it's this this deal in Boone County or you could point to a lot of different places where this kind of thing is happening. And frankly, you know, I put myself if I put myself in the uh, position of some of these homeowners, I, I can understand that. Uh, at the same time, you balance that with with growth and development and what's uh, what's happening in the region, and uh, it, it is a, it is a an ages old 
situation where folks uh, don't want to see that growth. Uh, Lebanon, Boone County, not the place where they grew up, uh, kind of a, a more of a rural uh, area. And that has changed uh, in a big way. And with this Leap Innovation District, it's going to continue to change. Because if you look up and down that, that corridor, that area there, Lebanon, Whitestown, uh, Zionsville, that whole area is changing dramatically with the uh, infusion of, uh, of, uh, of companies, of jobs, of housing. I mean, you look at uh, Lebanon, big uh, Steve Hinke, the developer who keeps uh, putting uh, putting out these uh, these big successful developments. He's building a new golf course community up in Lebanon uh, as we speak. So uh, growth is happening. Not everybody's going to be happy with it, to be sure. And I think that's part of the uh, kind of part of the equation. Talking to Gary Dick from InsideIndianaBusiness.com. It was just last week we were talking about Blue Buffalo and how they're coming yeah. uh, to Richmond and the hundreds of millions of dollars and how there's this this uh, investment going on with, with apartments. And then we hear about this fire, the evacuations that take place, the plastics, the semi-trailers, uh, the questions about who owns the property. Uh, this fire... As bad as it was and as as ugly as it could be, uh, first, it is under control, which is super impressive. Yep. Um, this doesn't put a stop to Richmond's growth plans, does it? No, it doesn't. And, and you, you, know, you bring up a, a great point. I remember when I saw the first video coming out of Richmond, having just been there literally days before and talking to people who, who you know, I think for the first time in a long time, had a level of excitement and, and, and a little pep in their step that, hey, things are happening in a positive way here. And then this happens, which became national news. So I, I don't think it does uh, in any respect. I think you could probably make the argument that it maybe emboldens the community to kind of double down on what they're doing, but uh, certainly not, uh, not a good few days for Richmond and Wayne County with that, uh, with that fire. But you don't see where it's going to stop anything from, from happening, I, I, from I, growing, I, from building. I, I don't. I don't because, uh, you know, companies are still looking at um, what is there in terms of the business opportunities, the climate, those types of things. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, assuming these projects continue to go, especially the downtown, some of these quality of life things are trying to do the uh, the uh, apartments in downtown Richmond, those kinds of things. I think those will go uh, will go forward. One of the things we do know is that these interest rates in this economy has stopped money from flowing. And there's a whole statement out from Janet Yellen. I don't know if you caught this on Friday, where she's she's basically prodding banks to slow down on their investing, on their lending, as a way of reducing credit so maybe the Fed doesn't have to raise interest rates. And you note that venture capital investments nationwide have absolutely dropped. You've got the story. How much has been the drop, and what's the effect on Indiana? There's been a big drop uh, nationally in these uh, venture capital deals around uh, the country, uh, well high into the double digits. And uh, it's a concern on the part of a lot of people. Actually, a bit of a silver lining on that story, though, when you look at Indiana, the number of deals, venture capital deals in the state decreased, I think, by 11 or 12 percent uh, in the first quarter of this year. However, the value uh, of those deals, the, the, the uh, numbers in terms of total value, Increased by about 25 percent. So so that is a positive sign. But that those big macro issues, those higher level issues uh, percolating across the country, certainly a concern, whether you're in technology or whatever the business might be in terms of access to capital and those types of things. And, of course, uh, inflation. 
My thanks to Gary Dick, InsideIndianaBusiness.com. On Twitter, IIB, yeah, inflation. Just that pesky little thing. Dude, everything signals ugly. Everybody's moving ugly. And I don't want to, like, somehow pretend we're in the ugly. We are in the ugly. I was looking at six-month treasuries. If you if you heard me speaking uh, with Dr. Matt Will, if if not, I'll I'll share I'll share that with you. Six month treasuries are over five percent. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's the thing to do. Apple is now putting out savings accounts with a four point one five percent interest rate. Apple Card savings accounts, of course, they want people utilizing this thing. So they're like, all right, well, well. We can pay uh, a good rate. I should leave things in a bank that are that are getting nothing. You're scared to hell of invest. I I will speak for myself. Scared to hell of investing in this market, and I have been for a year. I have wanted for a year, a year, a full twelve months to jump in, and re- now is my time. Now is my moment. We've been saving our pennies. We're good to go into what one of the reasons i discuss very honestly very clearly do not take investment advice from me is that it's not where i live and breathe i i invest in myself i build my own businesses things like that but that's different i'm talking about i bring in experts to talk about the stock stuff or experts to talk about the economy economists and other I'm, i'm not the guy i will not even pretend Never mind, I don't lie about anything. I don't come close to pretending. I'm discussing these macro things of what we're seeing in this economy. This economy is just absolutely brutal. It's awful. I'm afraid to invest. I don't know about you. Maybe you're in the same boat. I don't know. I'm afraid to. I have no idea. Put it all in a fund? Can I, can I ask which fund? Oh, there are specific stocks you should buy? Dear Lord, you trust anything in this market? Well, long term. I... I don't, I don't know what to say. How do I, how do I, I'll, I'll use this as an example. How do I invest in an auto manufacturer when the government is forcing them to go electric via EPA regulations, but I cannot value the idea of an all-electric fleet? Well, Tony, it's not necessarily what, about what you value, is it? It's about whether or not the company can attain value. Do you feel the same way about Disney? And some people are like, absolutely, it's about the money, baby. So now I'm investing in the thing that is going against the values that will create a country in which you can invest to begin with. Now, that may not affect you. You may be able to better separate that than I can. And I admit, in, in in my everyday life, I can compartmentalize like a mother blanker. Oh my gosh, I can I could separate the personal from the business, from the family, from the, no problem. On this investment stuff, I have a hard time. I do. I have a hard time. It it absolutely does uh does guide me. And then even if you were to take that out, this economy's not in a good place. I'm listening. I'm watching. Nothing is good. Nothing. There's no confidence. I have zero confidence that it isn't all just going to fall to crap. 
Like every time there's a conversation about the economy, this this is exactly what I hear in in my head. And uh, and and maybe it's just me, but I don't think it is. I really don't think it is. I appreciate Gary Dick. I have got more coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Of course, of course, of course, there is the economy. The economy that we're dealing with right now simply is ugly. And I'm talking about world-class ugly. It's awful. It is. As far as I'm concerned, we're talking flat out dangerous right here. And it is so because I don't know how we can even begin to think that we're not in the recession and well into it. Yet the secretary of the treasury, Janet Yellen, treasury secretary. Yeah, I got that right. She's out there saying, you know what? Maybe the banks are right. Maybe what the banks need to do is slow down on their spending, not their spending, their lending. Slow down on your lending. And then what will happen is uh, they won't have to raise interest rates. They won't have to raise interest rates and therefore everything will be better and the economy will be better and you'll be better off and I'll be better off. And no part of that is true. Let me bring in Dr. Matt Will right here, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Uh, I heard uh, Janet Yellen say this uh, the other day. I actually read it. And I said, look, if banks aren't going to lend... Right then, then, then banks aren't going to lend, and that's the way it, it's going to be. But now you're encouraging this. You're encouraging a restriction on capital outlays, uh, a, a, a restriction on capital spending. You're going to absolutely further tank where this economy is. Why not just say, hey, how about we stop spending on the government side so we can make it easier on the on the on the private sector to go about building a business? Tony, um, okay, yes. What, what, what more can I say? You, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. When you sent me this uh, notice about what she said, I didn't believe you at first, I got to tell you, because this is totally contradictory to everything, everything that you teach in business. Every business owner in this country knows what she's saying is wrong. But let's go back just a little bit and explain that to run a business, people need money. You have to build your factory, produce your product, create your services. You need money. You get it from debt and equity. And so to say to businesses, no, don't get money to run your business. Tony, this makes no sense whatsoever. There is a logic to what she's doing. It goes back to the battle you and I talked about regarding Biden versus, versus Powell and the inflation battle, but it makes no sense whatsoever to say, let's shut down the economy to control inflation. The, the the purpose, though, like, like, like if, if we were to take a step back and ask if banks were to do less lending, would we be better off? Like, would the economy be better off if, if banks were doing less lending? Well, Tony, uh, no, the answer is no. But what her logic is, which is totally convoluted, it makes no sense to me whatsoever, is it will reduce the amount of cash in the economy. That's true. 
that the way cash gets into the economy is the Federal Reserve Board funnels it through banks. They print money. They funnel it through banks into the hands of businesses. Uh, the other way is federal government deficit spending. There are two ways to get cash into the economy. We have to reduce that cash, Tony, to control inflation. And she's saying, no, 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 we're not going to control our spending. Instead, we're just going to force businesses to take less money from the Fed. Tony, that's this this boggles the mind because that's going to slow down the engine. So it's like a, a flywheel. It's a it's you're going to slow down the economy, which is going to create less stuff, which is going to create more inflation. I mean, what planet is she from? I wanted to. I, I think I've, I, I've I have her audio here, uh, Doctor Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. Let me, let's see if you can hear this. Let me see if I got this right. Financial, the global financial system has generally proven quite resilient. As I mentioned, the United States is doing extremely well economically with inflation coming down in a strong labor market. And um, Europe is doing better than was feared at the time of our last meeting. So um, I, I wouldn't overdo the negativism um, about the global economy, the financial. So according to Janet Yellen, country's doing great. Europe's doing great. Everything is great. Why be negative? You know, it, 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 it's all just absolutely perfect. Is, is it all just peaches and cream out there, sir? You know, Tony, Janet Yellen is the person that just keeps giving and giving and giving. Remember her comment before the Senate when she said, yes, we're going to bail out Chinese investors. And yes, we want you to move your money out of um, middle banks into the jumbo banks. And now she's saying that everything is great, Tony. The economy is booming. Does she not read the headlines of the Wall Street Journal of the New York Times? Does, does she not see that inflation is not under control? The report that came out last week, core inflation is still annualized 4.8%. Is that under control? The target's 2%. We should, so we should discuss... We should discuss that core in inflation, the CPI, right? The consumer price index. Yeah. And you take a look at those core numbers uh, and, and you realize that we are still in a very rough and tumble place and didn't seem like the markets really reacted in a way where they were like, we're on it, people. Things are on their way down. Hot diggity. Call Ma, tell her to make a cake, right? There was, there was, no, there was no great joy in, in those markets, it was one of the first times where I didn't see any harsh reaction. You could you could disagree with me if you choose. I saw a shrug like, yeah, this is where we are. This is who we are. This is what is. T Tony, that's exactly what you see in the markets right now. They're just in a wait and see mode. They kind of like this whole stalemate. I told you before, markets love when Washington does nothing. And they're kind of waiting for the June battle over the... Uh, the debt ceiling to see if actually the Republicans can control spending. So I think between now and then you're going to see very stable markets. We've seen the volatility in the markets be very flat for the last week, Tony. I think that's going to continue because they want to see, will the Republicans succeed in pulling back spending or will Biden win the battle? That's going to be an interesting fight. And I think that's what the market's waiting for. Biden winning the battle about spending, right? You've been making this argument for a long time. If Biden cared about Jerome Powell 
at all. If Biden cared about the economy at all, if Biden actually was was a responsible president of the United States, he would take a look at government spending and say, let's pause this, let's stop that, let's cut this, let's move that, put an end to some of these things, and the government spending would mean less cash into the system, and the less cash would allow inflation to come down and for things to normalize. When you talk about that fight, Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, that's what you're talking about, but you know it isn't going to come. Who in the world on Wall Street actually thinks Joe Biden is going to come to a census on that? Well, Tony, I don't know that they think he's going to come to a census necessarily as they think there's going to be a battle and they don't know exactly who's going to win the battle. I mean, that's what Wall Street is doing right now. They're sitting on the sidelines waiting. What Janet Yellen said doesn't help things. She's setting the stage saying, no, we want bigger government and smaller business. Tony, she, you, you just played the clip. She said that came right out of her mouth. I want bigger government and smaller business. I think I'm living in the, you know, the bizarro world right now. You, you and me both, my, my, my dear brother, I, I had texted you today. I, I, I texted you a hypothetical and, and I, and I said the words, uh, if, if you had a, let, 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 I said, I think I used, I, I went bigger than Mitt Romney. I think I said, if you had a spare a hundred grand, right? A hundred thousand dollars. And you're looking at, at, at this economy, you're looking at this insanity, what would you what would you invest in like like where would you be putting your money would you be putting your money in the market where would you be putting your money and as i i should actually like like put it up i should i should i should like post it as i'm ask you this question i'm looking at 6 month treasuries which are over 5% on the interest rate and your response was i'd invest in 6 month treasuries Seriously, you're not in the market. You'd be in. You'd be in this, Tony. I'm. I'm embarrassed to say that. I mean, I'm embarrassed because I. It's true. I mean, how bad is it, Tony? When I tell someone like yourself or someone who asks for my investment advice, and I say, "Give your money to the government instead of investing in a business that's going to grow the economy." But uh, Tony, right now, that's your best investment. That is what Biden has created. He's created this environment where it's better for you to give your money to the government than it is to invest in a productive value generating enterprise. I'm sorry, but that's, that's where we're at. Uh, one of the things that I get asked um, by, by small business owners is, is a question uh, like, like, like this one. Um, Anthony Mina uh, is the owner of uh, Anthony Mina's menswear in Indianapolis. He's a tailor. He sells suits. He happens to be uh, my tailor. He's, he's, he's my guy. When you see me looking good on TV or anywhere, uh, that, that's him. How does that work out for me? I'm a small business. Are you telling me she's wanting to put businesses like mine out? And the answer is, I don't think she, she wants to put a business like yours out. Like I don't think that's the objective. That's just the result. The result is it's harder for the small business owner, Dr. Will, to have access to the capital to be able to grow a business because she's saying it's good that banks want to be out there and doing less. It's good that banks want to be out there and are um, not spending uh, not, uh, I should say, investing the way they were before. This is what's smart. This is what's valuable. I ask you, Dr. Will, is Janet Yelling, 
Janet Yellen putting businesses like Mina's menswear uh, in Indianapolis out of business? Yes, but Tony, you got to look behind the scenes at the Biden administration. I believe, sincerely believe, that there are people below Biden and below Janet Yellen who are very interested in the government taking over the economy. They want you to not buy a car of your choice. Instead, they want you to buy a car that is subsidized by the government. They want you to not travel the way you wish to travel. They want you to travel in a way that they dictate in a way that's subsidized by the government. They want you to have rolling brownouts rather than choose the energy source that you want. Just so we're clear, you're talking about that EPA conversation um, where the EPA director, uh, Michael Regan, uh, was was proud to announce the, the, the most stringent uh, cafe standards, which are the standards we put on automobiles and how they have to be fuel efficient in order to be, be produced. And what they basically said is, you will make electric cars. Glad we had this talk. Bye-bye. Yes, Tony, the government wants, again, I don't know, I can't read Biden's mind, but I do know that the people that it, work for it's him- It's not that co- tough, sir. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ice cream and naps, ice cream okay. and naps. That's that. That's it. And Corvettes. Um, I mean, the guy, the, the administration, Tony, they want to control your life. This is not a capitalist administration. They do not believe in free markets and free choice. They want the government to control everything you do, your travel, your job, what you drive, what you eat. Tony, they want to control what you eat even. I'm not joking. See, you're thinking at a high level. You got to go down to the, the, the foot soldiers in this administration. They want to control your life. They would like to ban you from, from having you know alcohol and cigars if they have their way. And you know they would. And they'd be on your doorstep banning those things if they had their way. But you're 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 making a a secondary argument, and 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 it is different uh, in in that the belief is if they if you just did what they wanted you to do, your life would be better off. All right, and that that plays in some very unique ways. We'll get into it. But let's while you brought up the electric car conversation, um, everyone's gonna be better off if we're all electric. I mean, honestly, is is, is there a mathematics that you or other economists have done? Uh, showing that an all-electric society um, has more value or less value? The answer is no, Tony. Um, but let me, let me you know, it's, it's not a yes or no, but it's mostly no. Because one of the things that this administration is also doing is banning nuclear energy. Tony, if they want to go down the electric path, we should have a nuclear energy everywhere. It is the most efficient, environmentally safe energy source you can dream of, yet they're banning this. Well, you make the batteries. It's not easy to make these batteries, and disposal of the batteries is a problem. And, of course, charging them in the winter is a problem. There's there's pluses and minuses. I don't know that we really have time to get into it. But, no, electric isn't the solution for everything, but they're not even doing that properly. If you're going to do electric properly, at least give us nuclear energy so we could produce the energy we need for these electric cars. What Janet Yellen is proposing, does it put small businesses out? If we yeah. If she's pushing for less credit, being extended, small businesses go out. I mean, that's an immediate effect in your view? Yes. She is asking for government to get bigger and business to get smaller. That's it's, it's as clear as day, Tony. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. You know, I today I, I talked about the whole Bud Light thing. 
and this this guy Dylan Mulvaney, who it, it, of course is not a, a woman. This is clearly an act. Every single part of this is an act, and everybody knows it. Everybody gets it. Everybody understands it. The only people who don't are the people who purposely don't want to. You really have to be Drew Barrymore pathetic. But why in the world would we be looking to Drew Barrymore to give us some kind of moral compass on this? It's obvious that she can't do it. That's right, Dylan Mulvaney, this man who pretends to be a woman, and not just pretends to be a woman, not just a misogynist, pretends to be like this preteen character. It's super... Super creepy. You you would you would think that this is a guy who needs to be registered with a state agency. And there is Drew Barrymore on her show on her on her knees talking about how how brave she, quote unquote she is. Not a she, it's a he. And and you look at how quickly uh, liberal women will give up their their feminism. They, they'll abandon it in in just every way, just absolutely abandon the feminism for misogyny. For the hating of women, it's it's horrific to witness. It really is. Um, but I, I I brought it up because it's it's really remarkable how much Budweiser doesn't understand what has happened here. Now I still stand by my statement regarding the the economic future uh, for for them. Right, I don't believe that what we've seen over the past week or so with having uh, this this Dylan Mulvaney guy uh, as as a brand ambassador, it has hurt them social media wise. It has hurt them culturally. I haven't seen where it's really, really hurt them economically. Yes, we talk about market cap, if you will, in terms of share price, but those things come back. So that's why I think we got to take a breath and a beat with it. Tell me in four months where they are, and then we'll know. But there's no doubt, I think, now that culturally they've taken this this hit. And I think that speaks volumes. We're going to talk more about this. Find everything. TonyCats.locals.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.